Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Leaders are going to just come on both sides, and we'll see. you don't have to be of Christ, that you have to be right here and right now. See Jesus as your, know Jesus as your Lord and saves. Whenever shed and the, the bread representing his body broken, we receive those in remembrance of him and we're thankful for it. If you're not, you can do one of two things. You can just be seated and, and allow the others to, to kind of come forward and receive the elements. Or you can even today make that declaration. You can make that decision. It's by grace through faith that we're saved, not by works so that any man can boast, Ephesians 2 says. So, so we know and we recognize that it's only because of what Christ has already done. And so all you have to do is freely receive that gift, freely accept what it is that he's offering to you today. And what better moment than right here and right now just to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you, I surrender my life to you, and I just say, Jesus, Take me, take my, my, my imperfection, take my brokenness, take my sin, take my life. I give it to you and I, I receive in exchange your body broken, your blood shed to preserve me blameless unto everlasting life. So as we sing this song and you guys can sing as you line up, we're just going to kind of come and we're going to come down the two center aisles and you're going to take from the, the, the prayer ministry team the bread and the cup and then you're going to kind of file your way back to your chairs on both sides and then just hold the elements and I'll, I'll instruct you on receiving them together. Let's pray this prayer now and then we'll line up and we'll receive the elements. Heavenly Father I thank you for this day. I thank you for this holy moment, this opportunity that we get to come before you God the creator of all things the giver of life the one that has, has woken us up this morning and ordained this moment for us today right here and right now we come before you asking that you would just do a mighty and and, and great thing in some hearts and lives God to uh, restore some relationships maybe to renew some relationships or maybe to create brand new ones for those that have never ever declared you as Lord and Savior it's a simple prayer of faith that says Lord I believe in you that you sent your son Jesus to die for me forgive me of my sins I'm a sinner I've made mistakes in my past today though I ask you to forgive me to come into my life because you died for me today I choose to live for you today I ask that you would be my Lord and my Savior and I thank you for what you did at Calvary we give you praise for this in this holy moment it's in Jesus precious name we pray and all of God's people said Amen. Let's, let's go ahead and line down these two aisles and receive as we sing together.
Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, starting there at verse 14. It says, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks, and he said, Let's take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. And he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's go ahead and take and eat of this bread together. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's drink this together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your body broken, for your blood shed, to preserve us blameless unto everlasting life. Oh God, we don't deserve it. In and of ourselves, God, we don't deserve it. We're not worthy, but God, because of Christ, he who became sin, no sin, God, so that we might become the righteousness of God. We thank you for that. We thank you that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. God, we thank you for the work, the, 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 the move of the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for your son Jesus that came and paid the ultimate price, the ultimate obedience for us. God, we thank you for what you're doing in hearts and lives today. Continue to work in us. Use us. Use your servant this morning. Your servants this morning. Speak through them today. We love you and we praise you for all that you're going to do. All that you've been doing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said together, amen, amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Praise God, man. Well, so, so glad that you're here this morning. I want to, again, welcome you to Renew Church. This is a special day. It's an exciting day for us, exciting day for me as, as uh, the pastor of this, this four-month-old church. It's just so, so cool to be here with each and every one of you on the first Sunday of summer, Sunday of June. And, and uh, the fact that you're here, man, means so much to me, and it's such a blessing. And I, I just thank you uh, for, for being here. Uh, we've got special guests this morning. Pastors Terrence and Emma Mullings uh, from C3 History Makers Church are going to be here uh, to bring the word. So actually, why don't you guys come on right now? Let's give them a round of applause and let me introduce you all. Come on, Emma. Terrence, come on up here. And uh, man, we're, we're super excited. We're so excited about you guys being here to uh, bring the message. I know she's been to Bible college. She could preach, right? So I don't know if she's preaching or you're preaching. It's Emma. It's Emma today, huh? Amen, amen. But, uh, man, we're just super excited about it, all right? And, uh, man, just you guys come ready to receive whatever it is that God wants to share uh, through uh, Terrence and Emma. All right? Thank you, guys. God bless you all. Awesome. Man, who can sense the presence of God in here? Man, that worship, guys, is so incredible. That is so incredible. You know, it's nice when God is present and He's not absent. Because when God is present, anything is possible. And I just feel as you at this, this morning that miracles are going to happen this morning. Miracles are going to happen in relationship. 
hearts are going to be healed. God is going to rewrite some stories here this morning. People living a story you don't like, God's about to rewrite some stories and He's going to reroute some destinies. And I also believe He's going to renew some dreams. Dreams that have been in your heart for so long that God's about to reawaken those dreams this morning. Because when the Spirit of God is, there is freedom, there is power, and there is liberty. So Father, we just welcome you here this morning. We thank you that your presence is here to meet us, your people, to give us the power we need to fulfill the purpose that you've called us to. And so we welcome you here this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. Said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Mr. Keys. That worship was incredible. Well, who's excited to be in church this morning? It is going to be a fantastic morning, and it really is a distinct honor and privilege to be here uh, with you guys at Renew Church. Thank you, Pastor Trevor, Pastor Trevor and Misty, for having Emma and I. You guys really are such a delight and such a blessing. And uh, I was saying before, as I met with some of the, the dream teamers who make this service happen, who come early to prepare a place where we can encounter the presence of God. I was saying, I love your pastors. I'll give you two reasons why I love Pastor Trevor. And we've only just met recently, and I'll tell you some more of our story in just a minute. But we met at a pastor's gathering, and within the first 15 minutes, uh, he's asking me, you know, is there anything that we can do to help you guys as you've moved over here? And, you know, a lot of people ask that question. Very few deliver on what they say they would like to do. And I said, you know what, we've just moved here. We're both musicians. We've left all our instruments over in Australia. And one of the things that we value, our highest priority is the presence of God. And so we want to create that atmosphere in our home for our family and our kids. And so we got a keyboard at home, but we didn't have a speaker like this where we could, where we could worship together and create an atmosphere where the presence of God would be. And uh, he said, just send me the link, just send me the Amazon Prime, which I believe is another version of heaven, by the way. Hello. We don't have that in Australia, so it was nice to have Amazon Prime. And my wife has made good use of that. Every day there's a new box arriving, but Pastor Trevor, he, he sent that within a few days, that thing arrived. He was, he's generous. You know, some people talk generosity and other people walk generosity. And so I'm grateful you got a generous pastor. The second thing I'd say about him is that he's loving. You know, the other day I was helping another pastor up in Pembroke Pines and we were moving some gear out of uh, his church. They're moving locations. And I did that with William, who's here this morning, and his wife. And William was telling me when I said, I'm going to preach for a pastor, um, Pastor Trevor Pound. And he said, oh, I know that guy. That guy loved me when I was unlovable. He came and loved me in my worst and helped love me to life. And I think a generous pastor and a loving pastor to me sounds like Jesus. Come on, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave. So can we just thank God for your pastors? Honestly, Pastor Trevor. A lot of pastors love to preach, and we should preach. A lot of pastors love to build and lead, and we should do that. But I think the greatest thing that we can do is to be like Jesus and to love. And so I just think it's absolutely incredible. So we love you. We're so grateful that we can come and love on this city and serve people alongside you guys. Well, uh, a little about me, because uh, I got told when I read the preaching books that if you show a picture of your family, people listen to you 32% more. So... Here's a picture of my beautiful family. We are so blessed to be here. Uh, for those that haven't met the rest of the tribe, that is my beautiful wife, Emma, standing right, sitting right over there. You saw before, she's my Angelina Jolie lookalike with the heart of Mother Teresa and the wisdom of Joyce Meyer. Come on. 
She can preach. One day I got up here and I said she was beautiful. She said, don't sound beautiful. That's so shallow. I was like, uh-oh. So I've learned. She is a multifaceted gift in my life. Uh, she's blessed me with four beautiful children. Yet, uh, Hosanna, Emma, Grace Mullings on the left. She's a delight with the, uh, the hip-hop right there. That is Jeremiah Maxwell, Joshua in my arms, a little Israel, Charlotte, Hope. And in the tummy that's now out is King, I almost forgot his name, we've got too many, that's a lot of children, Whew! it was a rough night's sleep last night, Kingston, Jesse, Moses Mullins, have we got another picture of him, let's show a picture of the whole family, we actually, by the way, we actually photoshopped our little daughter in, we, we took a photo for church planting, and we didn't have enough money to do another photo shoot, so we had to photoshop her in that one, hashtag, the struggle's real, uh, next photo, <laughs> that's our beautiful family right there, all together, and we are so pleased to be here in Miami, Florida. So that's our family, and I can see 32% of you listening more, so let's continue with the message. Well, I've been asked to speak to you uh, by Pastor Trevor over the next three hours and 35 minutes. Well, the time hasn't started on the clock, so I could go that long. But over the next 35 minutes, I want to continue the series that you guys started last week, which is How to Deal. How to deal with life when the unexpected happens, how to deal with change, how to deal with uh, things when they're not going your way. Uh, I've titled this message, uh, for those taking notes, and for those who want to go to heaven, <laughs> I'm not sure if they're related, but let's just roll with it. Uh, for those taking notes, the title of my message this morning is how to deal with living a story that you don't like. How do we deal with living a story that we don't like and that we didn't write? And I think straight away the answer is found in the Bible, of course, in Hebrews 12.2. And it says this. It says in Hebrews 12.2, fixing or looking unto Jesus, who is the what? He's the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorned its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I love that because the Bible introduces Jesus, our Savior, the one that we're following as an author. That means that for some of us who are here this morning, and the truth is some of us might be here living an incredible story. You know, because when we come into the kingdom of God, we're blessed. And so your life might be fruitful and firing on all cylinders. But who knows that with Jesus as the author of the story, no matter how good your story is, the story can always read a little bit better. True? There's always a little bit more grace and always a little bit more peace, a little bit more forgiveness, more grace that gets us to heaven and more peace that brings heaven to earth. But for others of us, we might be living a story that we really do not like. It's like the devil has snatched the pen out of our hands and just scribbled in our lives, scribbled shame, scribbled regret, bitterness, hatred. It feels like we're stuck in a story that we do not like. And what do you do when that happens? What do you do when the plot thickens and the villain in your life starts to win? You know, who watches Netflix and sometimes there's a scene change, there's a dramatic scene change and someone you love, a character gets written out of your life. That happened to me recently with the loss of my mom. And so for a lot of us here, we're living a story that we don't like and the Bible says in Hebrews 12 too that with Jesus as the author of our story, how do we deal with living a story we don't like? Well, simply, we realize that Jesus has already dealt 
with our story. And we have the opportunity to step off the pages of the story we don't like and step onto the pages of his incredible story for our life. Come on, the devil is a lie. Anyone grateful we serve a God who is the true author of life? And where the devil has tried to put a full stop on our life and put our life to a a screeching halt, Jesus turns up and says there is more to the story. You can turn the page on the story and step off the old story of sin and shame and consistent shortcomings and step onto the pages of God's incredible story for us, which is a story of love, of life, and leaving a legacy for generations to come. Anyone grateful? that we serve the author of creation this morning. It's good. God is the author of our life. You know, when I think about the fact that we serve Jesus, who is the author of creation, I'm sharing a simple message, but I believe it'll be a very satisfying message for those of us who want to walk out the fullness of the beautiful story that God has for us. And in fact, there's two options of stories that we can live. We can live a story which in John 10.10 Actually, the Bible shows us there's two purposes and two stories that we can be living. It says in John 10.10 that the thief's purpose for our story is to steal, to kill, and destroy. I don't know who came here this morning feeling that the devil's tried to steal your joy, maybe kill your peace, maybe destroy any sense of hope in your life. But we serve a God who is greater. We serve a God who is the author of our story. And he says he wants to rewrite our story and rewrite our destiny so that we can live a story, which is two things. He says, Jesus, his purpose for our life is that we might have a rich and satisfying life. Can we put the old King James Version or the King James Version of that scripture? It says, Jesus says that I have come in John 10, 10, that you might have two things. It says that you might have life that is eternal life and life more abundantly. Come on, I love that. Don't you love that? It's like, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. That is your name written in the book of life. But he also wants to see life written in your book while you're here on earth. I just love that. I just love the thought that Jesus doesn't want to just see us, our name written in eternal life, but abundant life here on earth. Not just that we're holy and his and going to heaven, but while we live here on earth on our stories, as we step into high school, as we step back into our sphere of influence, that we would find that we can walk with health in our body, in our mind, mental health, that we'd be happy for the joy that was set before him. You know, Jesus endured the cross so we can enjoy the crown. He wants us holy, healthy. He wants us happy. And out of that, that's where we bring heaven to earth. We serve a God who wants more for our life. And I want to look at that this morning. And so my one question to you this morning as I go through this message is this. How do we deal with the parts of our story we don't like? We don't want anyone to read that part of our story. We want that hidden. That was a chapter in our story which is disgraceful, which we don't want anyone to know about. We accept the invitation to step off the page of that story where Jesus forgives all of our sins, heals all our disease, and we step on a new story for our life, a story of love, grace, peace, joy, righteousness. You fill in the blank with whatever good thing you think Jesus can do for you. That's what he wants you to do. And so when you think as I outline, I want to outline the four chapters that God wants to take us through in our story. But let's just quickly pray one more time. Father, We just thank you that you are here this morning. I thank you that you're going to speak to us. I pray that you'd anoint my lips to speak with clarity and indeed fill us with your presence so that we can become more like Jesus, to become holy, to become healthy, to become happy and experience heaven here on earth. 
So as we find out how to live a better story and get off the page of the old story, you know, it was back in October, November 2014, we actually went on a 40-day fast. I went on a 40-day fast because I really needed to get clarity from God about what He was calling us to do. You know, both my wife and I were pastors in Australia uh, at a great church, C3 Church. You know, thousands of people encountered Jesus, uh, working in media and TV. Uh, my wife working on the Hillsong Channel. Life was great. But she felt in her heart that God was calling us to a little bit more. Which, uh, so I was fasting and praying for two things, whether we should have a third baby. And that needs fasting and prayer. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, because my, my capacity was full. I really needed to know if I had the wherewithal to have another baby. Uh, God blessed us with a double portion. We ended up having two after that, but that's another story and for another day. I was also praying about whether God was leading us to move all the way across the other side of the world to Miami, uh, to South Florida, to plant a life-giving church. And, and who knows, when you're going to move a family of six people on the other side of the world, you need to make sure it's not just a good idea, but it's a God idea, true? And, and during that 40-day fast, you know, I believe that God gave me the blueprint in those 40 days for the next 40 years of my life. He gave me the blueprint in the next 40 days for the next 40 years. And my prayer for you is that over these next 30 minutes, that God would give you a blueprint for the next 30 years of your life, that you get a framework to know how to keep stepping onto the pages of His incredible story for your life. How to step out of the story in which we feel stuck, in which there's sin, where there's constant shortcomings, and step into the greatness that He has for our life. And you know, during that 40-day fast, it was such a beautiful encounter. Can I just say that? During those 40 days, you know the Bible talks about uh, Jesus when he says that my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you know those 40 days that I felt, I got to that point in those 40 days of fasting where my food was actually the word of God. What fueled me, what energized me, and actually after the 40 day fast, I didn't actually want to eat any food. And I, and I say that to encourage you that if you're looking for a breakthrough, someone came here for answers. Maybe you might want to go on a two-day fast, a one-day fast, 24 hours. Because the Bible says that those that would humble themselves under the mighty hand of God and seek His face, He will exalt you. He will hear from heaven. And so some of you are asking God for answers. And I'm telling you, look at me right now. If you will seek Him, you'll find Him. If you call out to Him, He will answer and show you some stuff. But I want to show you what God showed me during that time. And, you know, from every time that His humanity encountered His, our, our humanity encounters His divinity, every time heaven touches earth, God encounters man, I've found that it follows a four-stage process. There's four chapters of the story, all the way from Genesis through to Revelation, from where God calls someone to commissioning them. From when God finds someone and He rescues them in their situation to releasing them into all that He called them to be, it follows a four-stage process. And I want to look at that this morning. I want to show you one really quickly. He does four things. He did it at the beginning of the creation. He does it in Ezekiel, and He's going to do it here today. In, in Genesis 1-1, as you pop that scripture up, it says, In the beginning, God. I love that it starts with God. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was three things, the Bible says. It said it was formless, it was void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And then a fourth thing happened. It said the Spirit of God hovered. Why was the Spirit of God hovering over that situation? The Spirit of God hovered over what was formless to bring form. 
The Spirit of God hovered over what was void, which means empty, so He could fill it with His Holy Spirit and His presence and His power. And then he said the Spirit of God saw that there was darkness covering the face of the deep. And so God spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. What's what's the purpose of light? When you have light, you can be fruitful and functional. Everyone woke up when it's really dark and kicked that little pinky toe and it's painful. Come on, God wants there to be light so we can be functional at our highest and best. And I believe the same Spirit of God that was there back at the start of creation is the same Spirit of God that's here this morning. And He wants to find those things that are lost. He wants to find those areas of your life that are broken. And once He brings it into His presence, He will start to form it into the image of Jesus Christ. He wants you to form you in the image of Jesus Christ because He's got authority that He wants to put on you for the call that He's called you to. And once He forms you in His image, He will take you to this third chapter where He will start to fill you with His Holy Spirit and power so that He can free you into the world to be fruitful and functional and bring heaven to earth in your sphere of influence. Anyone thankful we, we serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever? And what He was searching for then, He's still searching for now, and He's found you. Anyone grateful we serve a God that never gives up, that keeps searching, that keeps looking? Because we have so much value, that's why He searches for us. And so those four things is what He does. And so those four things, it's pretty much been my life mission and my, my, the, the co-mission that I feel that I'm on with the Holy Spirit to help people understand this. And I'll tell you why. Because many of us walk into the Christian faith and the Christian life and we get told it's a leap of faith or you've got to take a big jump and you've arrived. Ta-da! But I found in my Christian journey, instead of being a jump, it's more of a journey. Instead of being this big leap of faith, unfortunately, it's kind of like lunges. (laughs) Come on, who goes to the gym? Don't lie now. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. (laughs) It's more, instead of a leap of faith, I found it's more like a series of lunges where we're stepping into the purposes and stepping into the promises of God. And for those of us who get saved and we arrive and think, oh, is this it? I'm not really experiencing all that Pastor Trevor tells me, which is true, that God has to be to bless my life, to see my life renewed, that I would know God and find this freedom, which He has for me. If you're not experiencing that, it's because it's not a jump. As He tells you each week, and the back of those shirts, it is a journey to know God to find that freedom, to discover the purpose, and so you can make not just a significant difference, but an eternal difference. And that's what God wants to show us here this morning. So for those that are stuck, you can become unstuck. And for those of us who maybe you've been going upon this journey of your Christian walk and you feel tired, how do you deal with being stuck in that story? Maybe you've given up. But if you realize and you can locate, you allow the GPS of heaven God's positioning system to locate where you are today, then you know how you can turn the page on a new chapter and step out of the chapter which is painful, which is hurtful, filled with shame and filled with bitterness. Step out of that and step into what God has for you. Is that good? Gosh, that's my setup. That's taken way too long. Terrence, come on. So as we look at this, I want to look, I want to tell you straight away what those four chapters are. And then my prayer is that you would ask the Holy Spirit, Where am I and what step do I need to take to move forward in your story for me, okay? So those four chapters, for those, again, who are writing notes and for those who want to go to heaven, (laughs) 
the, the chapters are these. The first stage of the chapter of the story that God wants to write in and through your life is that he will discover you. Once he discovers you, he will develop you into the image of Jesus Christ. Once he develops you, he will then help define you by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's now in me, but what does that look like? What, what difference do I make now? The Holy Spirit is upon me and I have power. And then the fourth chapter of the story is that he will deploy you into every sphere of industry, into medicine, into media, into ministry, as a teacher, as a doctor, as a creative, as a musician, every sphere of influence. Once we occupy every sphere, that's how we fulfill the great commission to go into all the world, every sphere, every power, every industry, into politics, into the community. And that's how we see heaven touch earth and the kingdom of God come and his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And that's why the purpose is so important. Looking at the first encounter that Jesus has with his disciples, I think it blows my mind for this reason. If you think about the age in which Jesus encountered the disciples, look at me for one second. When Jesus encountered the disciples, it was what we called an agrarian age. All right, The primary producers of their day were the fishermen, those that were in farming. But today, we're not in, a, in an agrarian age. We're in an age which is called a technological age, where, you know, where the leaders of our industry are not the fishermen, but more people like the Mark Zuckerbergs of Facebook and the rest. And what blows my mind is that Jesus could turn up on the scene back then and go to these fishermen who weren't, weren't just poor people. These guys were the tax collectors. They, they were blessed. They were, they were good, firing on all cylinders people. And he could say 11 words to them. 11 words and they would leave everything, their income, the influence they had in the community, their identity in what they did, and their inheritance, their influence, identity, inheritance, and their income. Leave all of that on just 11 words. Who would want to know what those 11 words are? Come on. Those 11 words also outline the four chapters of the story that God wants to take us through. Those 11 words are this, come in Matthew 4:18, Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw Simon called Peter, who was fishing, and his brother Andrew. And he said to them these 11 words, verse 19, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I can't count with all fingers. I'll drop the microphone. That would be awkward. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Let's look at that first word for a second, that word, come. For me to call you, if I was going to call the sound guy down the back, I would first have to locate and discover, there he is waving at me right now, great job on the sound by the way today, I would first have to discover who he is. You know that word come is so pregnant with power when God speaks it into our life that it allows Peter to step out of the boat of his security and walk onto the waters of his destiny because he stepped out on a word from God. I wonder what God has said to you. What has he said to you? If you will step out on that word, then you will find you will be able to leave your history, you'll be able to leave your security and step into the destiny that God has for you. When God speaks, we can take that to the bank because his word is pregnant with power. So the first thing that God will do is that he would discover us. He took these ordinary men and called, that although they were blessed and they did extraordinary things because they answered the call from God to come. You know, I, I had to ask myself, why is Jesus calling? Why is God calling? You know why he's calling? Because where we are and where he is, 
are two completely different places. He's in heavenly places, we're in earthly places. Where he's in salvation, we're stuck in sin. Where he's in light, we're in darkness. And he calls us from where we are, out of the pain and into his purpose. Out of the problems to the problem solver. And this morning, you know, as we had communion, I was thinking some of us may not have made that decision to make Jesus Lord of our life. But can I just say he's calling you because he's, he realizes that you're so valuable to him. And that's why he's on this search and rescue mission to find you. And you might have come here this morning because someone invited you or you saw the Insta story because Pastor Trevor is just such an awesome guy. But whatever the reason you came here, it's not by accident, it's by assignment. It's because the Father is calling you. Can I just say the Father is always calling? The Father is always calling. You know, I remember growing up, a little bit about me, I was actually born of Jamaican parents. Yeah, man, anyone from Jamaica here? Nobody, fantastic. <laughs> born of Jamaican parents, that's where I got my great tan from. But I was actually born in Sydney, well, Brisbane, Australia. Anyone been to Australia? No one again, this is going fantastic, Pastor Trevor. I actually grew up in a place called Wagga Wagga. Come on, so good they had to name it twice, Wagga Wagga. And we were blessed in Wagga Wagga, the real estate's quite cheap, and so we lived in a three-story house in Wagga. And, you know, can I just say, although a lot of people may not be from Jamaica, I know there's some people from the islands here, or the Caribbean, or from, or from Sur America, uh, un placer verte, un placer, sí. ¿Cómo está mi español? ¿Está bien? Gracias, gracias. So I'm convinced, though, those people from the islands, those people from South America only have children for one reason, and that is for free labor. And I'll tell you why. Because my father would stand upstairs at the three-story house, calling me downstairs where I was down there doing music, and he'd yell at me, Terrence, Terrence. That's how we sounded, Jamaican father. Come here, man. Come here. So I'm running upstairs thinking there's some type of emergency. And I get upstairs and he's sitting on his bed three steps away. His slippers are there. And all he wants is his son to get his slippers so he can get out of bed. But there was one other time I kind of, I, I, my dad was calling me upstairs. I was downstairs. This time I actually didn't hear him calling because I had my headphones on. As a musician, I was writing some music, didn't hear him. The only reason I know my father was calling me because he comes downstairs and he knocks the headphones off my heads and say, I was calling you. He said, I didn't hear you calling me. He said, I was calling you. Why you not answer me? I said, me no answer you. I didn't answer you because I was doing something. Can you just wait and be patient? Mm. Mm. He gave me the same look and said, you click your fingers at your father. That's how you speak to me. Listen, boy. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. But wait, then me and your mother will make another one that looks just like you, and nobody would know. I'm telling you, it might be a slight exaggeration of how it went down, but it was close to the truth. I'm telling you, that's Jamaican Parenting 101, and you are welcome. If your kids are out of line, you can try that. You know, interestingly... My father was upstairs calling me and I was downstairs not answering. Why didn't I answer? Because I was so busy doing something I thought was more important than answering the father's call. And I wonder how many of us here this morning and the father's calling us. He's calling us out of darkness into light. He's calling us to come back in a relationship with him. 
And some of us are so busy doing something that we think is more important that instead of answering the one who calls, we're sitting there pursuing the call. Instead of actually pursuing him, we're busy. You know, that's some of our stories. For other of us, we might be here and we don't answer the call, not because we're busy doing something, but because we're ashamed. We're ashamed about what we've done or what has been done to us. And, you know, we serve a Father who loves you so much. It doesn't matter what has happened. Why would we run from the one who's able to heal, the one who's able to restore, the one who's able to redeem us and take us out of the dirt and put us back into the destiny that He has for us? You know, Jesus is just here. He's here this morning. And, you know, in around about 10 minutes, if I've got 10 more minutes, I can't, sorry, I can't see the time, but I hear the keys up already, and it's like the awards ceremony. But Jesus is calling and the Father's calling. And my, my question to you, would you just say yes? Would you step back onto the pages of his story, story where he wants to discover you? The second thing it says in Matthew 4, 18, he says, come. The next step is where he says, follow me. So I want to ask you this morning, maybe you need to take that first step. And I'll give you an opportunity to do that in around about nine minutes. But maybe you need, you're in this second stage of your story where you've already come. You're in a relationship with Jesus. And you need to learn to follow Him. He says, come, follow me. This is where He develops you into the image of Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you this morning, who are you following? I'm not talking about who you're following on Instagram. But if you were following Jesus on Instagram, are you actually reading the comments? Are you reading His Word? If you're following Him, do you know what He looks like? Do you know what He sounds like? Because He wants you to develop you into His image so you can be like Him. A quick illustration. I'm going to tell you something which is pretty self-evident. I go to the gym. <laughs> I know you can't tell onto this jacket, but I mean, I actually go to the gym with my two friends. I go to the gym with my friend Des and my friend Troy. This is Des. This is Troy. And together they destroy. Hey! Come on, that's a dad joke. I've got four children and they will keep coming. And yes, again, you are welcome. Come on, here's the one thing I've learned about going to the gym. To develop muscle, a lot of people think that to develop muscle, you just have to lift heavy weight. You just got to grind and grind and grind. But you know, the truth is, in building muscle and developing muscle fibers, it's actually not formed in the lifting stage. It's actually formed in the letting go stage. It's when we actually rest in the resting stage, that's where the muscle fibers that we have broken in the, in, the form, in the process of lifting actually form together new connection, new synapses, new connections that build great muscle fiber. You know, maybe here this morning, God is developing you and just saying just a few more reps off, off, off that forgiveness, that person who hurt you, that person who made you grow up way too early. God is saying, let that go. Because the unforgiveness is actually not hurting them, it's hurting you. The unforgiveness is like when you have your phone tethered to a very slow Wi-Fi connection. You just can't seem to get the things done you want to get done. That's because you're connected to something you don't need to be connected to. And God's saying, disconnect from that. Let it go. Let it go so that He can let the love flow. He can let the healing flow. And God's here this morning. He wants to do that in you. And He develops us as we're formed in His image, as we love again, as we forgive again, let go of the bitterness, maybe it's time to give again. Maybe you once were generous, but you know, something about a generous spirit is that God takes notice of generosity. 
You know, God so loved the world that He gave. Maybe He's calling you to bless a family, to bless someone. Maybe you haven't your tithes and your offering into the storehouse. That when you honor God and put Him first, He says, all these things that we're looking for shall be added. So maybe you're in this stage of your life where He's developing you and you're finding it tough, God, this is hard. But I'm telling you, don't jump off the treadmill just yet. Don't jump out of the gym just yet. But God, God is developing you into His image where instead of just lifting and grinding and holding on to the grudges, let it go. Come on, someone say, let it go. So you might have been in stage one where He's called you to come. You might be in chapter two of your story where He says, follow me. And that might be challenging. That might be painful. But can I just say, what you think is breaking you is actually building you. Those weights that you're lifting, the hard work in relationships, that job that you're finding challenging, to get up early and serve every Sunday morning, whatever you, that is that you feel is breaking you, it's actually God blessing you, helping to form the image of Jesus Christ in your life so you can carry the weight and authority that He's called you to, to be like the disciples, these ordinary people who did extraordinary things and turned the world upside down. That is my prayer for you at Renew Church. As you allow God to develop you in the image of Jesus Christ, He discovers you, He develops you, and then He defines you. You know, this is the chapter, look at me, hear this. This is the chapter they say 85% of Christians get stuck in. We understand what chapter one of our story is where God discovers us. That's called salvation. We understand chapter two, where God develops us. He does that in relationship. I don't know if you've got a small group or, or, or a connect group that you're in, but I'm telling you, that is the place that you're going to find freedom. That's the place where you can take the mask off and say to someone, I'm hurting, but can you pray with me? Can you believe with me? You know, my greatest growth has always been in a place of a connect group. And you won't find everybody in that group that you can be open with about the struggles you're going through. But I remember as, even as we moved here and the challenge of moving here and, and the health insurance, which is so expensive, and the 25% of our money, which we lost just on the exchange rate, just to be able to chat to someone who I could be real with and say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. He could pray with me. We've been in a connect group and just the healing that comes. But this third stage is the defining stage and this is the defining moment of our life. And the defining stage, in Acts 1.8, it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But can I just ask this question? If 85% of the church doesn't know what the power is that's inside them, the power is when God calls us, we form the image of Jesus, then you have the Holy Spirit inside of you that gives you certain gifts, certain talents, and certain abilities. But how can you have power to meet a need? This area is called ministry. But how, and ministry is about meeting a need. But how can we meet a need if we don't know what the power of the Holy Spirit and the coalition of the two actually forms? If you don't know you've got the gift of faith, how can you help someone who's about to give up? If you don't know that you've got the gift of wisdom, how can you bring clarity to crazy, confusing situations? How can you bring healing to someone if you don't know that you have the gift of healing and miracles working inside of you? And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that's what He gives you, these gifts to change the world and to make a difference in your family. Where there's confusion, when there's arguing, people about to give up on your marriage. No, no, you don't need to give up. You just need the Holy Spirit to come and bring a touch. And He blesses you with the gift of discernment, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of understanding to take the situation that you were going to give up on and you can grow up in because you have His power working in you. Man, you know, my sister 
My wife, sorry, has a sister who 85% of her body doesn't know what it's supposed to do. And as a result, she's disabled. She has to be fed by a spoon. Uh, her body, it just doesn't know what to do. And sadly, maybe the church is like that because we haven't discovered. And so can I just encourage you? I heard Pastor Trevor say that I think next week the growth track is starting. You know what the growth track is? It's actually just an opportunity for you to discover what God has placed inside of you. Where we actually as a church put together a, a, a spiritual gift survey, personality test to work out, hey, this is how God has wired me to win. And once you discover that, it changes everything. The, the disciples discovered their power and they moved from being fishermen to fishers of men and changed the world as we know it. So maybe God is in that stage where He wants to show you where He is and how you can step onto that chapter. And you can't step onto that chapter until you've taken the first step of salvation to allow God to discover you. Once you've done that, you can allow God to develop you in relationships, in a small group, in reading His Word, in spending time in prayer, knowing who the guy who you're following, Jesus, the Savior and the author of creation. Or maybe you're in step three, and I encourage you to go along to that growth track and discover what God has placed inside of you because He's placed a power inside of you that your, your wife needs. He's placed a power inside of you that your children need. He's placed a power inside of you that your workplace, your school needs what's inside of you. And the last thing is this. He says, come, I'll discover you. Follow me. Let me develop you. I will make you. Let me illustrate it like this, that last one. I've got a bottle of water. Oh, Mikey, come on. If I got this bottle of water and I tipped it out and I filled it with Coke, it would be a bottle of undrinkable, but yes, Coke. If I got a, the Coke and I tipped the Coke out it'd be, and filled it with wine, it would be a bottle of wine. I could keep the analogy going. What's the point? What is inside the bottle is actually what defines it. You know, a lot of us have been defining ourselves by what happened to us or the mistakes we made, but we need to start defining ourselves by the true definition, and that is the Holy Spirit inside of you. He makes you a world changer. He makes you a history maker. He makes you a pathfinder and a pace setter, and He turns your world from brokenness into blessing. I wonder how many of us are so filled with ourselves that there's no room for God. This morning we can say, Holy Spirit, come, fill me. And once he does, he will do what he did for the disciples. I will make you, last chapter, fishers of men. You know what I love about this? They were fishermen already. But God actually took them from just making a significant difference, which they were as primary producers, to now making an eternal difference. Not just fishing for fish to fill people's belly, but fishing for people to fill them with the truth of eternity. You know, I think of it like this. When Jesus called the tax collectors, He would have said to them this. Hey, you know, you've been working on the books for the government, making sure that no money is missing, reconciling the books. Now what I want you to do is reconcile the book of life to make sure that no one is missing from the book of life. You know, in Australia, I worked in television, just telling any old vision of someone who would give me money. I'd do whatever ad they called me to do, whether it's a Bud White as an ad, forgive me, or whatever. I was telling a vision, telling any old story. Jesus gets hold of me and calls me into this kingdom. I'm not just telling any old story, but I'm telling His story. And I believe, I don't know where you are, but God is calling you and you're going to go back to the same marriage. You're going to go back to the same job. You're going to go back to the same school. You're going to go back to the same situation. It may not change, but can I tell you, you're different. 
you're better. You're stronger. You've been called by God and you have the power to step out onto the waters and what used to drown you will now be drowned as you walk upon the waters of your insecurity, walking into your destiny. Now you're filled with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. He's developing in you in your image. You have an authority to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, authority to call heaven down to earth, to see brokenness mended, to see lives healed and lives restored. Now you have the power of the Holy Spirit upon you. When you have the authority, you might tell the truck to stop, but if the truck doesn't listen, that's when you need to stand on your authority to take it out, whatever's coming at you. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit. But God is now deploying you on a great commission. You're no longer going back alone. You know, that's why we call it the commission, because it's a commission. It's now you and your Savior going back into your workplace to make a difference. So I ask you, what chapter are you in? Are you in chapter two? Is God developing you? Get in a relationship. Allow Him to do it. Iron sharpening iron. Are you in chapter three? Where you need to discover what your gift is so you can now change the world. Other people have discovered it. Maybe it's time for you. And maybe you already know what God's called you to do. Now He's deploying you back into the world to make an eternal difference as you help others do the same. You invite them to church, allow them to go through that same journey of discovery, of development, of being defined and being deployed to do the thing that He's called you to do. But right now, you might be here. You can't take any of those three steps of being developed, of being defined, or God deploying you for your destiny unless you've taken step one. And so the Bible says, I love it in Psalms, it says that my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Do you know the Bible says if you just believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved, set apart, sanctified, so you can be sent. He takes you through that four-stage process, but it starts with a confession and you can change the course of your history just with your words. When God created in the heavens of the earth, He didn't do it with His hands. He spoke, He said, and so right now, we're going to change the course of someone's history this morning. Maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you know you used to be in relationship with Him, but something in life, the devil ripped the pages out of your story and you're trying to deal with this story that you don't like and you didn't write. Well, today we can rewrite that story simply by saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. So I'm going to pray a prayer in just a second. And what I want you to do, if you know that Jesus is calling you back, you know you need to take that first step again to step back onto the pages of His story for your life. Then this prayer is for you, okay? Maybe you once prayed it and you've walked away. This prayer is for you. So with every eye closed and every head bowed for privacy, this is a holy, holy moment. Let's say this together. Dear God, let's say it out loud. Dear God, every, every voice, dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to forgive me, to die in my place, to rise again so I would have new hope and new life. I receive His sacrifice. Today, I follow you, Jesus. Make me more like you. Make me whole and holy by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen, amen, and amen, and amen. Come on, just keep those eyes closed for a second. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, the second time, maybe the third or 40th time, you know, God hears those prayers. He said, He's seeking.
to save those who were lost. If that's you praying that for the first time, would you just pop your hand up just so I can acknowledge you and I can celebrate you. If you're stepping back into the family of God, would you just lift that hand up high, wave it in the air like you're just awesome. I see that hand. Anyone else want to put their hand up high saying, I'm praying that prayer to say, God, I want you to discover me because I know that I'm valuable to you. Hold your hand up high. Fantastic. What a great decision. I'm praying that it is a new day and a new season. Fantastic, young lady. I know that God is calling you and I'm telling you, power and peace is coming your way. Thank you for that great decision. Is there anyone else? Just 10 seconds. I don't want to belabor this, but this is the start of a new story and a new day. Will you put your hand up and say, yes, Jesus, discover me today. Awesome. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, why don't we all stand right here right now? Can we just give give a big shout of of congratulations to all those who made that decision or recommitted their life? Let's all stand right here right now. You know, I'm going to hand back to Pastor Trevor. But what I want to ask you this week, just one second, is this. Where are you? Can I just ask, who feels like they're in chapter 2 where, you know, this pain, this stuff, it's God developing me. Who feels that they're there? Where, you know, relationship is important in this stage. Awesome. Who feels like they're in chapter 3 where I just need to now, I know I'm in the image of Jesus. I just need to find out what He wants me to do. I need Him to make me like He made the disciples. Who's been in chapter 3? Yeah. And who knows they're in chapter 4? Like you've, you've done the process and now you just need to walk in and actually do what God's called you to do. Awesome. And help others do the same. My prayer is that you would take a next step. My prayer is that you might be in one area of your marriage, might be in one step. Your, 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 your finances may be here, but God would continue to help you to turn the pages. Father, I just pray for your people. Lift your hands right now. Father, we lift our hands as an act of surrender, saying that we're surrendering our story to your story. As we walk with you, we thank you that you help us to live a better story. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Pastor Terrence and Emma. Man, praise God for that. Man, I, I just want to, we're going to, you guys are going to sing a song, but I just want to say just really, really quickly, uh, exactly what you said, man, is is where all of us are. Knowing God, you use a different terminology, but knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, and making a difference. And all of you have that opportunity. Some of you have discovered the purpose, but you have yet to make a difference. Some of you have started making a difference, and then it's kind of like you're slipping back into just this comfortability of just doing what you've always done. And God's calling you back to say, I need to make a difference. God has called me. And maybe you're waiting on me. Or maybe you're waiting on Mikey or you're waiting on the, the Renew crew to kind of pull you in. Stop waiting on us. Take initiative to get involved, to get plugged in and begin to make a difference. This is a life-giving church and we give life to the people around us in our community. I'm super excited. Give Terrence one more round of applause. Thank you, Terrence. We're going uh, to worship this morning. One closing song. Okay, so that's what we'll do. We'll do the closing song and then I'm going to we're going to we're going to do the offering.
Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you again for bringing the word this morning and inspiring and challenging and calling people to new life. And people made decisions today. What better next step, as Mikey said earlier, what better next step than to go public declaring with your faith that you want to be baptized, to die to your old self, to be buried in Jesus and raised to new life in Christ, allowing the Holy Spirit to live in you and to, to, to surrender to his lordship and everything. We're, we're going to be doing a baptism orientation class immediately following this in the art classroom. It's uh, four doors down on the left-hand side, just next to the special needs and nursery class. You guys are welcome to be a part of that 20 minutes or so. Mikey and I will be teaching that. If you need prayer for any reason, meet us back there and let's talk. If you want to talk to Terrence or Emma uh, or pray with somebody, our prayer team, man, just catch one of us. We'd love to pray with you. Terrence and Emma, thank you so much for being here. We're excited. How many excited about History Makers Church in Pembroke Pines? Is there a website? Do you have any website information for them? Uh, did they get that? Historymakerschurch.com is the website. Historymakerschurch.com. Terrence is, uh, uh, Terrence is, no, don't go to that. That's Renew Church. No. Uh, Terrence is, uh, is, Instagram is probably what? Just Terrence Smullings, M-U-L-L-I-N-G-S, right? So follow him, find out information. If you know some people in Broward and in North Miami, Pembroke Pines area, man, they're launching. And I know how that feels. A year ago, I was here. In fact, this is the one-year anniversary of when we resigned from our former ministry. One year ago, this, this day. And, and it was kind of like an amazing thing, but it was a scary thing. It was like, what in the world have I gotten myself into knowing that in January, we were going to be launching a life-giving church, and that's where Terrence and Emma are. Except the difference is, is we traveled about 25 miles. They traveled like 9,330 I mapped it. I Googled it. It's a long, long way away from everything that they know, away from culture, away from family, away from all these things. And that's got to be a scary thing. It's a big thing. And they brought four kids. I only had two kids, and I only drove 20 miles. So, so I'm just praying that God would bless you. And uh, that he would meet all your needs. And so, so we took an Easter offering. And a portion of that was going to go to C3 History Makers, and a portion of it went to House of Worship when Pastor Carlos came a few weeks ago, a month ago or so. But this week, I've been praying and asking God, God, what would you have us do? And one of the core values at Renew Church is irrational generosity. And um, it's partially also because when I was, when I was in their shoes like a year ago, I know what the feeling was of what am I going to do and what's it going to be like and, and, and how are we going to make it week to week, month to month, check to check, what's the ministry going to look like, how's the, 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 the support going to come in, all of these things. So I sense that, I feel that because I, I've been right where you're at. So we, we kind of like had this in our, our mind. My wife and I have been praying. We had this number in our mind of what we wanted to do. And, you know, we're, we're a baby church. We're four months old, so we have every right to be worried about ourselves, you know, and take care of ourselves. We're just crawling ourselves. 
but our core value is irrational generosity so if that's our core value and if that's what we're supposed to exemplify because we want our people to be generous with their time with their talent with their resources then how much more should we set the example to be that way to those around us because we're part of this big church it's not the renew church it's the big c church the church of jesus christ and terrence and emma are our brothers and sisters in this and so we had a number in our head we were praying and asking god and and all week long it was we were going to give you 10 cents a mile we were going to pay you 10 cents a mile for coming and speaking to uh to to us and if that was us that would have been about two dollars that's what if it was us moving from where we live down in homestead to kendall that would have been about a two dollar offering but it would have been a little bit more for nine thousand three hundred and thirty miles but this morning we woke up and my wife and i just kind of looked together at each other and 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 just said you know what and i know that the the leadership of renew will support us in this we decided we want a double blessing and we want to give you a double blessing. So we're going to give you 20 cents for every mile that you cross the continents, cross the hemisphere to bless you. So, uh, man, just come up and let's, let me, let me give it to you now and let me pray over you guys. I know it's past the hour, but, uh, let me just pray over this, that God would multiply this and that he would use it for, uh, for his kingdom and for you guys. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Terrence and Emma. Thank you for their life. Thank you for who they are. God, I pray that you'd bless them and their children. I pray that you'd take care of their family. Guide them in, in the work that they're going to do and the efforts that they have. God, just do great things in Miami through them. Thank you that, God, it's because of the spirit of the living God that's living inside of them that they are able to do these things and take these steps. God, guide them every step of the way we pray it's in jesus name we pray and all of god's people said amen god bless you guys god bless you you're welcome you're welcome all right all right guys thank you so much for being here thank you for being a part of of uh renew church and uh man just on your way out if there's anything you want to do or or say man you can you could just give them a blessing give them a if you have an empty or half empty gift card to starbucks give it to them just just bless this family on your way out we're also going to receive our tithes and offerings as we do every week you can drop it in the box or in the bucket so let me pray over that and then you'll be dismissed heavenly father thank you use this what we receive to be a blessing to our city but also to the world. Thank you, God, for what you do. Continue to, to, to uh, help us to renew lives and renew our community. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.
Hallelujah! 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 